Hi guys, hope everyone is well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So today I'm going to touch on the circadian rhythm, the importance of it and what you can do to maintain a healthy circadian rhythm. First of all, quick update on myself. So just finished a volume week. So just basically doing one set per exercise, not taking any forced reps or half reps or burying myself into the ground during training. Uh, just with the role or the aim of dropping fatigue or physical mental tiredness because you can't just keep digging yourself a hole because you need to climb back out of it and if you keep digging yourself a hole you will not perform as well you will not feel great on a daily basis you'll run into injuries so it's important to pull back now and then if you're constantly got your uh, foot foot in the ground or pedal down you know what I mean and going full on Sometimes that's the best thing you can do because this week, after having that devolume week, I've had such a good week of training. I've took great progressions, uh, which I'm really happy with, and I feel better for it. I've got the itch to train more than I did before, not that it ever leaves, but I'm just feeling the benefit of it for sure. And uh, yeah, so not really much to comment on apart from that. Uh, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying training, and. Uh, just life as a whole really, I'm in a good spot, I think 10 or 9 weeks to prep, so big sense of urgency building muscle again like I said a few weeks ago, so just trying to maximise that while uh, not being too boring outside the gym and spending time with people, that sort of thing. So jumping into this episode on the circadian rhythm. So the circadian rhythm is basically our internal body clock uh, and it basically regulates our sleep-wake cycle, so the reason I'm making a podcast on this is one, because I enjoy it, find it interesting and two, I think it can be valuable for a lot of people to hear a bit more about it and how they can manage it. So yeah, it basically regulates your sleep-wake cycle, meaning like when you get up, when you go to bed and it, it will have a lot of benefits if you can keep a decent sleep-wake cycle from managing your circadian rhythm. So it does last just like a wee bit longer it's either longer or shorter than a day, so it's 24 hours and I believe 20 minutes. It's not quite 24 hours, which is why we have to keep on top of it and take actions to try and make sure we're resetting our circadian rhythm or basically doing taking steps so that it doesn't get out of sync to what time we wake up and go to bed. Because if it does, sleep will suffer and uh, our overall ability to recover will suffer, mental focus will suffer all sorts and I'm not I'll try not uh, go on about sleep too much because I seem to find a way to go back to sleep and talk about it every podcast is something I find really fascinating if you've if you've not if you've not noticed yet anyway so the importance of it is just due to circadian rhythm impacting our sleep quality massively as I said and the reason why is when we wake up due to our circadian rhythm, we release cortisol upon wake, which is basically the stress hormone. And when cortisol is released, we are basically, we are alert. Well, yeah, it helps our alertness. It helps us function and just be awake and not be like all draggy and tired throughout the morning. And that's when cortisol or the stress hormone is at its highest. And... In terms of before bed, we have melatonin and serotonin getting released, which are, I believe, 
Melatonin sleep hormone and serotonin is kind of a feel good hormone, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Uh, and it just basically helps you relax. I think serotonin, it's got they tie into each other. So I think serotonin may have an impact on melatonin production. But I believe basically, you no, know, they tie into each other. Both help promote a good and quality sleep. And uh, if we go to sleep when we are supposed to wake up, for example, when cortisol's high, we don't sleep well because cortisol stops us producing melatonin, which is a sleep hormone, which basically regulates our sleep. So what this tells us is we basically want to be going to sleep at a time when melatonin will be released and we want to keep that routine so that we get that melatonin we're able to sleep and we, we want to basically take steps to keep melatonin being released as well as serotonin before bed which I'll get into so as a result if we don't have the like good sleep wake time have these hormones released we won't have a great sleep and we won't have a great ability to progress in comparison to if they were in a good spot and in general you'll just function poorer during the day which is why it's important to maintain uh, so there's a lot we can do thankfully to maintain a healthy circadian rhythm as I said, the the reason why we should try and maintain it is because it shifts by like 20 minutes every day. So I think if you think about it, if you usually go to bed at 10 and you're used to that, then 20 minutes, uh, that means in three nights you'll be used to go or you'll be ready to go to bed like an hour later if you don't do anything to reset your circadian rhythm. And obviously six days, that's two hours. And then, you know what I mean, 12 days will be 4 hours, so we'll be getting bed at 1 o'clock if we aren't doing the things that we need to do to maintain that healthy circadian rhythm, which I'm just about to jump into. So, when we wake up, we want to basically be exposed to bright light. And this can either be from the sun or a sad light. And the reason, or the reason being is because... When we're exposed to bright light, it tells our body it's daytime and we should be up and it kind of kickstarts our circadian rhythm into getting that cortisol production and basically thinking it's the morning because if we aren't exposed to that bright light, our body basically doesn't know it is the morning. And uh, the reason how bright light affects us is it, our eyes take it in, if that makes sense. Our eyes sense that bright light. And... Yeah, the sun's probably our best option to do so, to expose yourself to that bright light. But obviously in the winter months, we've not got much sun, we've not got much light at all. So we should try and maybe use a sad light. So a sad light is basically a seasonal affective disorder light, which helps with people who have seasonal affective disorder, as the name probably suggests. And just basically turning a sad light on, which is just basically, it looks like a like a screen but the whole thing lights up with a really bright light and just keeping that beside you in the morning and just turning all the lights on in your house in your room will help you be exposed to that bright light and tell your body it's basically morning so it resets its body clock and uh, this will just help with alertness and your general mood throughout the day and like uh, and it won't you won't be as tired generally throughout the day i believe and since you're exposed to that bright light in the morning, it tells your body it's morning. And when it gets to night time, you'll find you'll fall asleep easier. Next, in terms of how we can basically keep our circadian rhythm aligned, is our routine sleep-wake. So if we are getting up and going to bed at 
different times, then it's going to be all over the place. So the best thing we can do is try and get to sleep and wake up at the same time. Because if we've got our internal body clock of 24 hours, let's say we wake up one day at 11 and instead of going to sleep, let's say, let's say the night before you got to sleep at, we'll say 2 and woke up at 11. If you try and get to bed at we'll say 9 o'clock because you're up really early for work, you will struggle to get sleep because you've not been up as long. And the reason why is we've got something called sleep pressure that builds up throughout the day. And if we basically don't have as much sleep pressure, we won't have that urge to sleep as much. We won't have that melatonin being produced as early in the day because we've not been up for as long as we usually have because your body thinks you're going to be up for longer if that makes sense so that's why you sometimes struggle to get to bed early if you are used to staying up late or if let's say you're going on holiday obviously excitement plays a part but if you're trying to get to bed nice and early so that you can get up on time to make your flight sometimes you can't sleep just due to being used to that uh, other sleep wake time if that makes sense which just highlights the importance of routine and it's like if anyone's ever been super routined with their sleep you usually just wake up without your alarm because you're used to waking up at that time and uh, you can also experience the opposite if you try and sleep in you will probably not be able to so that's something I can't really do very well just because I'm used to getting up early so when it hits 7 I, I just I, I can't really sleep sometimes I can try and sleep a bit longer but I'm at that stage where like I'm half asleep, half awake, but I'm not in a proper deep sleep because it's seven. And next thing we can do is training and exercising. So this basically can help regulate our body clock. Ideally, we shouldn't do this in two hours of bed because when we think of training, what is training? Training is a stress on our body. Training can produce cortisol, the stress hormone, due to being a stress, like I just said. And as I touched on earlier, what does cortisol do or the stress hormone? It stops us from producing the sleep hormone, melatonin, which helps us sleep. So we should try and not exercise within two hours before bed because we ideally want that melatonin being produced. Next up, something we can do is avoid caffeine later in the day. So the reason why is because caffeine's a stimulant and instead of being in a relaxed state, if we have it close to bed, we're going to be in that fight or flight state. Or again, when we're in that fight or flight state, stress is higher, cortisol will be higher. Which again, we're not going to be producing that sleep hormone and be able to get to sleep. Also, if your heart rate's higher, you're not going to be able to sleep well. If anyone's ever like finished a late shift or been running about before bed and they get in bed, you just find that like, you're restless, your heart rate's high and that's not putting you in a good position to sleep. You want your heart rate to ideally drop, which can be done by just simply relaxing and chilling. And next up, after avoiding caffeine later in the day, in fact, I'll, t I'll jump into what, when to stop having caffeine if you want to maximise your sleep. So we know caffeine, it varies for the individual, but usually people have a five, like around about a five hour uh, half-life of caffeine, which means if you consume two cups of coffee at 12 o'clock, you'll still have a cup of coffee in you at five o'clock and then all the coffee will be out your system by 10. Whereas if you have two cups of coffee at 5 p.m., that means by 10, if you go to sleep at 10, you'll have one cup of coffee in your system. What I mean by one cup of coffee, I don't mean you'll pee out a coffee and you'll still have one coffee in you. I mean, you'll have that caffeine from one coffee still in your system, which is why we should avoid it later in the day. 
uh, and people usually have it because they're tired but if you're sleeping worse you're going to be tired and then you're going to want more caffeine and it's just like a vicious cycle and in order to break that cycle I recommend just cutting caffeine out later in the day and uh, some people tolerate caffeine better than others and if like you let's say you have caffeine frequently you might not find it as much of an issue but some people are more sensitive like if I have coffee like past one o'clock I can't really sleep well I'm sitting in bed at 10 and I just I just feel like my heart's racing a bit and I'm a bit restless and can't really switch off as well because I don't have caffeine much just due to not really agreeing with me and giving me headaches when I train so as I've mentioned numerous occasions I believe so next up we don't really want to nap later in the day so as I touched on if any of you have napped during the day, maybe after school when you're in school or after work, you'll probably experience this. And the the reason why it doesn't help us sleep well at night is because sleep pressure builds up. So what I mean by this is when we have like the urge to sleep build up from the moment we wake to the moment we put our head in the pillow and enter sleep. And this basically helps us sleep and gives us the urge to sleep. And when we go to sleep we get rid of that sleep pressure so if we are napping later in the day let's say you go to bed at 10 let's say you have a 30 minute nap at 7 you've got no sleep pressure built up which gives you that urge to sleep and that ability to go to sleep nice and easily just due to napping earlier which basically drops all that sleep pressure and removes it so that means you're gonna struggle to get to sleep later on which you have probably experienced or i have at least uh so Ideally, if you don't want this to take place and you like to nap, we should try and do so earlier in the day. I think before 2 o'clock is ideal. Obviously, if you go to sleep at a different time, work night shift, that's going to make a difference to what time. But I'm talking about if you've got like an average sleep-wake time, then about 2 o'clock, we shouldn't try and nap after that, I believe. Uh, something around that. And uh, in terms of... If you've ever like stayed up all night, this is something quite interesting as well. You'll find like two o'clock, like five, two to five, something like that. You're really tired, but when you get to that time when you usually wake up, due to your circadian rhythm, you get that cortisol being released, the hormones that basically wake you up and give you that alertness in the morning, are released later in that day when you're basically gonna wake up anyway. And as a result of this, this is basically. This is because that's your wake time. That's because of your circadian rhythm, your 24-hour clock uh, taking place. And that's why you get the urge to sleep before that, before you're usually awake. But then when you get to when you're supposed to be awake, you are all alert, a bit more like, oh, I'm not feeling too tired. Then you'll get throughout that day and you'll feel absolutely smashed. And then usually gets to like 5 p.m. And then you're just falling asleep by then if you've ever pulled in all nighter when you were younger or just had a late night out and another thing we can do is just being routine with our nutrition so I'm not sure if there's any data to support this but just simply not eating super close to bed and having a routine in place with our food can do you a lot of good not just from a getting your calories in standpoint meeting your goals for the day standpoint hunger standpoint but just from if we Let's say if we're routine with it, we eat good two hours before bed. That means we'll be digesting our food so we're not going to sleep on a full stomach. We'll be able to get sleep earlier. 
that sort of thing because we don't want our food to be or our we don't want to be digesting that food because when we're digesting food our met our body temperature goes up and also as well as that our heart rate goes up those two things we don't want when we're trying to sleep because when our heart rate goes up we're not in a relaxed state we want our heart rate to be nice and low when we're sleeping and also we want our body temperature to drop when we're trying to sleep which is why we sleep in a cool environment so you should try and basically not have like food close to bed and i think overall just being routine with our nutrition our body thrives off not just with routine with nutrition new routine as a whole so if we can maximize our routine be more routine in general then i think it will do just everyone a lot of good so yeah that's how you basically manage your circadian rhythm so just basically in fact i didn't even touch on light exposure at night so when it gets to later in the day we basically don't want to be exposed to bright lights because as i touched on Bright light tells our body it's time to sleep. Sorry, <laughs> got that wrong. Bright light tells our body it's time to be awake, it's time to be alert. It is the morning. Just think about the sun. The sun's brightest, like, uh, obviously, like in the morning and afternoon, it, and then sunset takes place, and then it's more of an orange sunset type thing at night, and we've not really got much light in the sky, and then it's dark, obviously, when it gets to night. What it tells us is we should try and replicate this by only having warm lights on at night and not having super bright lights on at night time and this will basically tell our body it's night time and the reason we don't want bright lights at night is because it will stop us from producing again melatonin and due, due to this we will not sleep as well so yeah we should try and have like red lights warm lights if that makes sense at night time and not bright led lights uh, if you have ever seen the funny glasses I wear, sometimes, sometimes you might see it on my story. I've also done a post on this of uh, wearing blue light blockers. It basically blocks out blue light and uh, has like a tint to them so that you don't get exposed to that blue light that stops you from sleeping. Uh, and you can do this just by using things like candles, putting on a wee lamp instead of a big bright light. Not only does like blue light and LED light stop you from sleeping, it's also bright lights as well. So generally, if you can just have a dimmer light on, that is ideal. And it's something you can do that's not really going to be that inconvenient to your day. It's literally just putting a bit of a dimmer light on. So it's not the end of the world if you can't have the big light on in your, in your room, if that makes sense. So yeah, like I said, you can put like blue light blockers on, which I use. You can put... Uh, like night, I can't remember what's called on your phone, I think it's night shift mode, you, if you've got an iPhone you can probably get something similar for Android, you can get it on your laptop now, you can also change the brightness on your TV and all the wee things add up. It might sound silly but if you put all these steps in place then it can have like a big outcome. The reason why we want that warm light is if you think about like in olden days, when it gets to night there's no there's no LED lights, there's no big light on in a cave, is there? Or you've not got your phone with you. What you have is probably like a fire. That's about it. So if you think about what fire is, it's a warm red light, which is why we should try and replicate that. Because we don't get bright LED lights at night time in those times, if that makes sense. So yeah, hope you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, took some valuable information that you can apply to this. And uh, make sure you try and apply for it if you're trying to improve your knowledge, get more results when it comes to training in the gym. 
it's all good knowing everything, but if you don't apply it, then you're not gonna make most of your training. It's all about application because you can like know a lot, but if you don't execute it, then what good does that information got? So yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope everyone is having a great week. If you listen to this on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, subscribe, like, show what support you can and share it on your story if you can. That would be greatly appreciated. Help spread the podcast. And I hope everyone has a great week.